Uh, hi, the world. Um, we're two weebs in a bay, and uh, we sort of have a podcast to push today, Larry. Uh, you got anything to talk about? Um, I don't think so. Let me think. Uh... Uh... Ah, yeah, Larry, just kidding. I know that you recently uh, went on a, on a journey to the weeb capital of the world. Uh, Radio Kaikan in Japan. Oh yeah, it was uh, it was quite a time. Uh, you know, you were there with me though. Uh, don't try to don't try to exclude yourself from this, Jeff. You were there. Uh, I, uh, you know, after going to Japan, I feel like maybe uh, I have to sort of absolve myself of of the weeb title. Uh, I'm not sure I can be considered a true weeb anymore. Um, you know that it was it was really mentally scarring. Yeah, you didn't you didn't consume enough, my guy. Okay. Come on. Okay, Larry. Come no, on. I don't know about that the the consumption train already. But I just I just wonder, like, Larry, what did you really notice about being in Japan? So one thing I noticed in Japan was that like everything was a lot more orderly. Um lines were formed basically single file. Um and then queues didn't form like until a couple minutes before something started. That which meant true. that everything was a lot less cluttered and also no one cut lines off. And I think that's just overall a social stigma in uh, in Japan. That's, I think it was really different, though. It was like everyone was, you know, it's like everyone's so used to following orders. It was really, it was really weird, like following all these people. Like I don't know how I felt. I don't know how I felt about it. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. I liked it though because it gave a sense of just like order, which I liked. This man out here. I mean, okay, fair enough. I do, I do enjoy my my cutting in line. I do enjoy my. Hold my spot while I run off to the bathroom, though. That's that's helpful. Okay. Um, differences. I mean, another thing that, like, kind of falls in line with that is just the way that they value time. Um, I don't know if you've heard the uh, the story about the train that left 20 seconds early, but that was a big deal in Japan. Like, they really, uh, it, they really prioritize, like, being on time, leaving at a certain time and not leaving before or after. So uh, I noticed that a little bit. Um, it was weird because like usually planes in America, you know, the like the what is the, the guideline? It's like you leave like one or two hours before the plane flight goes. Um, yeah. right? So then you're there maybe you spend like a half an hour to an hour at the at the airport. And then in Japan, you know, the airport didn't fill up until like maybe fifteen minutes right before the flight. I That's remember true. it was it was weird because it was just so empty, and then 15 minutes flight before the flight, just everyone was there. Right, and there's like there's I don't think there's a concept of like like ish times, like meet 10 like eight to like eight fifteen, or like meet me around eight ish, like that's just not a thing. I feel like oh yeah, they'll just like give a time, and then you're expected to show up at that time. Like uh, when we were riding the train um, from Kyoto to Tokyo. There was a lot of people getting onto the car that we were on. So as a result of that, like, it felt like we were going to be delayed a little bit because uh, there's just people getting on. And then, like, some of the people that got on first were, like, at the back of the car, and we boarded at the back of the car. So, like, it held up a lot of people from getting on. So at a certain time, the uh, the staff at the station was just like, you have to get on now, get on, get on. And they were being, like, really aggressive about it. So, like, I've never seen that in America where it's, like, here... They're just like, okay, just get on. Um, if we're late, we're late. But in Japan, it's like a pretty big thing. 
about being on time. Yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. That was pretty scary, honestly. It was I, a little bit scary, especially since we didn't understand what they were saying at all. That right. Was, that was well. I mean, simple. they were saying like, "Get on, get on." At at the end, because then they realized that we were American. <laughs> Everyone was a foreigner, though. <laughs> well, but okay, fair enough. Fair enough. It was like a big group of foreigners. Yeah. I just, maybe I just didn't notice them. Um, and then what? What else, dude? Um. I just, like, want to touch on fast food a little bit because that was something that I really liked. Um, obviously, there's McDonald's in Japan. McDonald's is, like, a worldwide corporation, so they're not going to, like, go anywhere. Um, they're pretty big in Japan also, right? Mm. But, uh, yeah, yeah. but some of their, like, some of the more, like, Japanese-style fast food places, like uh, Yoshinoya, like beef bowls, or, like, I guess, like, Tugo Curry, mm. like... I felt that the quality of that was a lot better than anything you would find in America for Ag- fast food. Agreeable. Like, like it would be like, I would compare curry to, like, you get Chipotle or something. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not like, low quality, or, like, you get five guys or something. Like, it's not, like, low quality. It's, like, in, like, the $10 range. Right. But it's, it's good for the price. And then you'd have, like, I don't know. I feel like it was weird because uh, McDonald's, like, because all the portions are more, like, reasonably sized, right? So if you get chicken nuggets, it's... It's not whatever, like, 5 for 20. It's, like, 15 for, like, 10. Oh, yeah. Uh, just to touch on that, um, I got 10 nuggets, a large fries, and then, like, a large drink for 500 yen, which is about $5. Huh. Um, and then the, <laughs> and the large fries was about the size of, like, a medium fries here. And then the large drink was, like, probably somewhere between, like, a small and a medium. Yeah, understandable. Um, food in general is just really cheap when we were there. It was a lot cheaper than uh, yeah. we would see here. Like, at the airport, I got... Uh, this isn't food, but, like, I got two waters and, like, a bottle of tea mm. for less than the equivalent of, like, $5, yeah. which is really, really good for an airport. It was also weird because I realized um, a lot of the food that we ate that you might count as junk food would be, like... It would be, like, um, food from food from supermarkets, actually, which was not as janky as it is in America. Usually, if you buy food from the supermarkets in America, it's, like, super janky. Right. But uh, a lot of the food that we had from, like, 7-Eleven was really good. And 7-Eleven in general is, like, a lot bigger in Japan. It's seen as more of, like, just an overall convenience store as opposed to just, like, gas station filler here. Yeah. Also, there were, like, no gas stations. Well, I mean, that's because we were in, like, major, like, heavily populated areas. That's true. That's true. But I feel like it was weird because there was no gas stations. I feel like uh, I think we actually when we were when we were dry uh, when we took on when we went on a bus, it took us maybe we had to go out like an hour out of you know the main city, and this was this was in Tokyo. So we had to we had to go like an hour out of the main city to actually find uh, the first like gas station I saw, which was still pretty expensive. It was it was pretty weird. Yeah. Um, not seeing gas stations everywhere. And I didn't really pick up on that until you said that right now. So there's that. It's like, I feel like it's like one of the other things, like what was missing? Like uh, a lot of, um, there wasn't a lot of trash. Recycling bins, yeah. Or just garbage bins in general. Yeah. I mean, mean, it was weird because there was no compost or anything. There was no, there's no bins anywhere. Well, I mean, just in general, the the, uh, norm is that you, or the expectation for the society is that like you buy your stuff, and then you either, like, eat it at the place, and then you throw it away there, or you just bring it back home, you eat it at home. Because, uh, eating and drinking in public, that's also, like, a pretty big stigma, so. 
you know, it's it's tough when you don't have a home. <laughs> no. Um, but whatever, yeah. That was that was really weird. Um oh yeah, it was also weird that people didn't eat like while they were like t- while they were walking. They yeah. also there weren't a lot of people like making calls or talking with their like they're talking super loudly with their friends. Overall it was like people were a lot more respectful towards others. Yeah. But it was or, also like, of their surroundings, I guess. Weird. It was sort of like the it didn't feel empty, but like, you know, when you're walking down like a down like a main road, instead of, you know, if like if you're walking down like New York or something, right? It's like crowded. It's really loud. Everyone's like walking into each other and past each other. And then in Japan, it's like everyone has their own little bubble. Oh, and it's yeah. like, you know, quiet. It's like you're walking down that that would be like you're walking down like a town street. Oh, yeah, it was Weird. really surreal for me to be on a train at, like, rush hour and have it be really crowded, really packed. I had almost no room. And still be able to hear everything. Yeah. Like, that was really weird for me. It was just so quiet. Everything was, like, so quiet. It was very peaceful, I would say, for sure. It was, like, chaotic, but at the same time very peaceful, being in the big cities. That was, yeah. I don't know. Um, I think, what, what, what else was really peaceful? We went on it. We uh, the onsens. Holy cow! What oh, yeah, the, the onsens heck? were really nice. Yeah, that was that was it. That was an experience. Like, forget bathtubs, dude. Let me get my own room sized bathtub. Well, I mean, not to be technical here, but like technically, those are uh, sento. Oh, sento is like just bath, like a bathhouse, and then onsen is like hot spring water. And they were or the places we went to, they called themselves onsen. I think that's what you do if you're, like, a bigger one, and then you can afford to do that. But, like, for the most part, they're called Sento. Okay. Okay. Excuse me, Mr. Weeb. Yeah. Excuse me, Mr. Weeb. I am only an American in a foreign hey, land. Hey, not okay. Weeb if Japanese. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough, dude. Um, but, yeah, that was that was so weird. Like, because it was, it was weird because you could spend a day or you could spend, like, a couple hours just taking a bath. That's so foreign. And I mean, it was like, it was weird because the one we went to, the, you know, the biggest uh, onsen we went to was a theme park one where you have all these weird, you know, concoctions and you're, you're dipping yourself in like wine water or like tea water and all the signs say, don't drink the water because you don't know how many people have been in that gross sort of stinky water. Um, But it's like, it's just, it's really interesting. I mean, like the theme park ones, like, they're meant to be more like for uh, families, mm. but then like the uh, like especially the one that we went to that you were saying the uh, the one with the like the green tea water, um, that one had the like swimsuit section, and then they also had like the no swimsuit section, like the fully nude section, and then like you could tell that the swimsuit area was more so geared towards families, and then like just more like social interaction, and then the uh, the the fully nude one was more so like the traditional onsen slash sento experience, which is like you're mostly quiet and then you just kind of relax in the water. Yeah, that was that was really weird, I think. I think the whole public nudity thing was really weird. I mean, not that weird because, you know, everyone everyone who was in the group was on board. But like without that, I think it would have been like, it would definitely have been a different experience. I mean, like personally, if it was just me, like without people that I knew, then I would have been, like, a little bit less on edge about it. But, like, it was people that I knew, and then we also have the, like, whole stigma about public nudity in America. So, like, it was a little bit awkward at first, but, like, no one 
really said anything about it. No one, like, judged anyone else over anything. So, like, that made it a lot more comfortable. Yeah. It was just, I mean, I, I think we were with a good group. But, I mean, like, it was really different. Like, it was, like, it's weird. Like, I feel like in America, to see anyone else, anyone who isn't yourself naked is, like, that's almost taboo. I agree with that. Right? Like, yeah. even if you're, like, a parent, like, past a certain age, it's not okay to take kid, baths with your kids. Right? But, like, the onsen is, like, the entirely, it's just, like, you're just naked. Yeah, like, I saw a, a father with his, like, 20-something-year-old kid, and then they were just in the onsen together, yeah. and they were talking, and it seemed relaxing. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty relaxing. I feel like it was just really exhausting. That was that was a weird part. Yeah, it was also really hot, so, like, you were more prone to, like, dehydration and getting a bloody nose. Someone oh, in our group got rip. a bloody nose. Yeah, that was, that was the ice. So, like, it cut it a little bit prematurely, but, like, it was still really, really nice. Did you see the, the faces of the people? Oh, like, yeah. We, we, like, we, okay, so we got out of the, the, the bath, and, like, our friend had a bloody nose, and it was so, it was a yikes. Like, we, uh, you know, there's blood, like, sort of dripping on the floor, <laughs> and you could, like, the, the staff walk in, you could tell, like, they had never, like, it wasn't like they'd never seen this before, but this was pretty rare. It was pretty rare, yeah. Yeah, and they were like, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. And especially because we had, like, pretty limited Japanese uh, language knowledge in our group, trying to communicate with them was, like, a bit of a mess but it worked out in the end honestly yeah i think i think with like the fact that we didn't know any japanese was really that was really tough it was there was i mean there were so many things that we that we should have like we would have done better if we did know japanese we just didn't i mean i just put on a facade like i knew japanese and then like it kind of worked a little bit yeah i mean like it wasn't it wasn't super hard i noticed um like a lot of places you know the transactions are really just they're really impersonal that's true. Right? Like, you'll you'll go to a machine and you'll get something. Uh, or you'll get a receipt and you, you give someone a receipt to get your stuff. Yeah. Or you go to, like, you pick out some, some uh, like, shopping items and then you go to a counter and you pay for it. And you just hand them money. And even then, it's not like they're going to try to talk to you about, like, hey, how's your day? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. That was really It was weird. a lot less personal. No, there was, there was none of that. Like, I didn't get, like, any, like, oh... Like I, I'd like. Oh shoot! I gotta cut just that. restart the sentence. <laughs> okay, so like I didn't, I didn't get any like um, vibes. Like in America, you know, you you have to be polite, but polite is a very different term in America versus Japan. Polite in America is like you are actively engaging with people, with everyone you meet, right? And like that you're being you're, personable. Yeah, you're being nice to everyone you meet. And in Japan, polite is like you are actively not making the experience of everyone else around you worse. Like, you're just not being rude, and then, like, you're being professional, basically. Yeah. It's a little scary, because it's like, it's like everyone is, like, it's like everyone's trying to be thin air. Like, everyone is trying to be as invisible as possible oh, to yeah. everyone else. Um, and then that's the difference. And I guess America is, like, you're, everyone is trying to be as visible, as nice as possible to everyone else. It's just, wow. It was pretty weird. Or, like, it was kind of a culture shock for me. Because, like, I hadn't really experienced that before. So it was kind of weird. Uh, yeah, I will say I got used to it pretty quickly. Yeah, same. Um, I think maybe the only, like, the biggest shock would just be... The biggest culture shock was just um, Akihabara. That was... Uh, that was pretty big I have shock. strong feelings about that. Especially going there our first full day. Like, yeah. I feel like we got the full, like, 
Akihabara culture shock experience that day? That was the full. I wouldn't say it was. I wouldn't say it was Japanese culture shock. I will say it was uh, weeaboo culture shock. Yeah, definitely. Which was super gross, actually. There is a lot of anime posters, um, and then just in general advertisements plastered everywhere. Yeah. Um, down the main streets, and then also it was like we could look into a store and then see like some kind of lewd anime art, which like. In the U.S., if that happened, it would be, like, pretty taboo because, like, it was kind of explicit. So I feel like that was that would be, like, <clears throat> crossing the boundary of, like, American taboo. But in Japan, it was just, like, normal, almost. I don't know if it was that, or, though. Like, I don't know about normal, but, like, people were willing to live with it. Like, no one called them out for it. I would, I would honestly disagree. I don't think that was the thing that, sh- that was really shocking. I think that the thing that was really different is just... It's how much of it it is and how extreme it is in the sense that like we went like we would go to this building, which was 10 stories tall, 10 stories tall. And all 10 stories of those building of this building was like dedicated to essentially just anime, manga, merchandise. And sure, that sounds like, wow, what a great thing for a weeb. But I feel like I really disconnected from, like, that personality that I have. Like, I just, like, I hard disconnected. Because I realized, like, you you go into this store and then you see there's just shelves and shelves and shelves of, like, skimpily clothed figurines, right? And these figurines are not, like, these figurines aren't, like, like, they're drawn in such a way that they're meant to signify young girls. And that's really creepy. And I don't know. And these are like, these are selling for like 20, 30, 50. There's like, there isn't anything that was $100. There is uh, a lot of them that were like well over $100. Oh, man. Like crossing the $200 border probably. Like I get, I get that like people do spend their lives that way. And that's like, that's okay if you get enjoyment out of it. But I realized like it was just, I, I realized like there was a big disconnect between who I thought I was and I feel like it was a personal growth moment. I was like, I am not a real weeb. <laughs> I feel like we should clarify our uh, viewpoints on what we did in Akihabara. Yeah. Um, I bought three figures and then also just a bunch of various merch. And then, Jeff, what did you buy? Uh, I, I went. Um, I went to one of those machine rolly things. You put in money and you, you get a toy. It's called a gacha. I got a, uh, a tank. A tank with a cat in it, and, and that was it. <laughs> that. Um, I mean, I I bought some stuff. Uh, I didn't buy any cards or anything. Um, I bought like, I bought like, I bought. I went to some other gotcha and I got some erasers. That was consumption. <laughs> I don't know. Oh yeah. Also, uh, <clears throat> one thing about Akihabara was like just the amount of consumption that like they were advertising. Because it was like it wouldn't that just be so, like all the figures. Oh, yeah. it, would, it wouldn't just be like all the cosplay stuff, all the merch. It would also be like just random uh, gotcha machines. Gotcha is like almost like legal gambling, basically, and uh, like it's approaching that if you're hardcore into it. I think the thing about gotcha has always been like, um, I wouldn't. It's not quite legal gambling in the sense that like you're you you you're wagering money for the chance at more money, because I think that's what traditional gambling is. Right. It's like you're wagering money for some sort of 
less than its worth product that you're like, well, I'm looking and, you know, like they'll give you like five options. Like imagine you wanted to get like a bad analogy. Let's like imagine you wanted to order a pizza and they're like, no, uh, you call the pizza company and they're like, here, we'll, we'll deliver you a pizza. But the thing is, you pay us one flat rate and we'll give you one of five pizzas. You don't get to choose. Uh, you will get what you get. And that's what gotcha is. You just you, you put in money and they give you something random, which is I mean, it's not quite gambling because you're, right. there's no chance of actually getting money. But it's gambling in the, in the sense that I guess you'll you'll sink all your money into it and you'll become uh, impoverished. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, I meant gambling as in, like, uh, trying to get something for, like, a non-guaranteed rate. Yeah. So there's that. Understandable. That was yikes, dude. I spent a decent amount of money on well, gotchas. I mean, like, like I, I understand. Like, if you enjoy that kind of stuff, that's okay. I mean, like, I wanted to, like, go out and, like, get a bunch of different things from gotcha machines. But then I found one that caught my eye at the airport. And... I rolled it a couple too many times. Yikes. Didn't get the thing I wanted, but you know. Yikes, mate. Yeah, I don't know. I, I realized like a lot of the, I didn't really spend too much money on just buying objects in Japan. It was it was really different. I found that, you know, like the things that I thought I would like the most were actually the things that I thought were super weird. Um, and then the things I thought, you know, I, I didn't think I would like like them the least, but I thought, you know, they would just be sort of, they would, because they're just so different than what I was used to, I thought they were, I wouldn't like them. Um, I thought I wouldn't like temples. I thought I wouldn't like going to a hot spring. That just seemed like too far from like my normal experience. But I found that those are like the most enjoyable parts of Japan. I feel like the temples more so just because it was like really relaxing, and then like just walking around, getting lost. Yeah, definitely. Like getting uh, completely like fully immersed in the experience like yeah. I thought that was really nice 10 out of 10 like temples I realized like um, like as long as you abide by conduct that they probably want like you know you're not a noisy you're not a noisy or a really overactive um, tourist you're like you know you're not getting handsy with all the with all the things uh, in temples or you know you're not like talking really loudly with your tour group I find that that's it's a really cool place because yeah. You know, there's a there's a certain ambience that you want when you go to visit a temple, which is like you're calm, collected, you're just thinking, like or you're reflecting on what you see. Um, and I don't think you get that with a really big tour group. I agree with that. Yeah. Also, there's just so much like there's just so much stuff. Like you would walk into it, like we we got lost in a temple, and we we would like we walked in there, uh, and then like maybe like two hours, three hours later, we came out. And right. we were still lost. And we were still lost. And I don't think we saw everything either. No, we didn't. Yeah, definitely. Right? But we got we got lost for like two hours, and we would just walk through parts of the temple, and we would find all these little cool places, like a rest area where they have a bunch of tea cups or whatever. Yeah. And they have tatami mats, which is cool. Um, or like a cat museum. But It was closed. That was might. closed. That was a rip. Uh, or like um, there was some... There was this. Un- there was another sort of. It wasn't necessarily like a temple, but like a like a hidden garden oh, yeah. within this little like neighborhood, and it was like at that point at at the point where the where the entrance lady where we showed her our passports and she was like because you know there's a sign uh, foreigners get in free, and so we showed her our passports and she got all angry at us and I was like we're in the real Japan kids. Well, I mean it wasn't angry, but it was like a little bit more tense. Yeah, she was she, she was, was really like, stern. She yeah. was like. 
she was like she was like okay I see you're, you're you're American thanks for showing me your passport now get in here and get out don't touch anything it was it yeah. was it was certainly different and like you could see with the uh, people before us in line who were Japanese she was like a lot nicer with them she was like yeah okay, yeah cool. and just her tone sounded a lot more friendly and open yeah but then but then we had a sneak 100 <laughs> moment we walked out of there and then she was like oh look they look Japanese I am sure these Asian looking people these Asiatic looking people cannot be anything but Japanese mommy so, I yeah, am that is true <laughs> but I am Chinese so you know I'm like your I'm like your far away distant cousin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but we were leaving and she was a lot nicer with us and she was like, Oh arigatou gozaimasu. And like, yeah. it sounded a lot more open. I realized in Japan there's a lot of uh I wouldn't say there's a lot of Asian privilege. But like actually no, I mean I I guess people don't really treat foreigners differently. Um like I because there are people in our group who are visibly like not Asian. They were like, Japanese. very visibly Caucasian. Yeah. And so, they were tall. So. <laughs> <laughs> like when they see them, like they don't, there's no, there's no, there's not necessarily like a change in attitude towards them, um, which is really nice, actually. You know, there's not, there's not like there's, I don't think there's not like there's no discrimination against people in Japan. It's just that they're so unused to seeing other people that they're like, they don't know how to react. So they just react as, as normal. Okay, um, I have a bit of a different viewpoint on that. Um, I know that Japan's extremely, extremely xenophobic. Mm. So, like, I feel that in the major areas, it's a bit okay. But, like, if we were at the garden with our uh, Caucasian friends, oh. it would have been a completely different experience. Like, I feel that in the major areas, you can get away with, like, a group of Caucasian people. But, like, yeah, I feel okay. that in the okay. more rural areas, they're going to treat you completely different. Yeah, Actually, also, like, adding on to that, too, um, big groups. Big groups are actually, like, I realized, like, we were trying to travel in big group. I think big groups uh, are always more safe when you're traveling in a foreign country. But I realized uh, big groups are always way harder to accommodate for. Right. That was so, it was so weird. Yeah. We had a weird number, too. We were seven. You know, lucky seven, but <laughs> not lucky in Japan. Not lucky. Oh, yeah, we went to a, a curry place with our group of seven. Yeah. And then, like, it was kind of hard to accommodate everyone. And the staff was, like, a little bit visibly, like, annoyed yeah. at us. And then we went to a uh, different branch of the same curry place. With two uh, people. Just, just us. Just two us. People. And then they were a lot nicer. They were a lot more accommodating. Yeah. Um, like, the uh, the first time that we went, it was, like, that uh, sort of impersonal connection that you get at, like, when you're buying something at a store. Yep. It's just like, okay, I'll take your order now. Okay, cool. But then at the uh, at the second place, they were a lot nicer to us. They were like, "Okay, uh, we're gonna take your order now. Um, do you need an English menu first off?" Yeah. And then they're like, "Do you need a fork? Do you need anything?" Like they were a lot uh, more. I don't know about like nice, but like. Like they spent more time. They with spent you. a lot more time, like Which is, talking to us. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like sort of backwards, but yeah, they would spend more time if you were, you know, like a group, like just a small group of people, because I feel like that's you know what they're usually eating or yeah. like. They're seeing people. I don't know, man. Um, dude, arcades? Oh, I was... I don't know. I don't know how I feel about arcades, dude. I like them. They're so cool. But I hate that they're... that they're formatted the way they are. I think, like, arcades are so... In Japan, they're so different. That's true. Yeah, they, like... They've taken off in Japan. They're a lot more mainstream than they are here. 
Yeah, but I think there's there's plenty of reasons for it. Like, That's true. Like, like the dollar coin is not a big thing in America. Oh yeah. The dollar coin in Japan is really big. Yeah. Right. So like, like I feel like when you have a coin, at least in America, I, in Japan too, I think, like you're very, it's very easy to just put in a coin. Right. It's very easy to give up a coin because it doesn't feel like a lot of money. So I feel like arcades are able to make a lot more money, and thus they, you know, they have a lot more population in there. Ah,、uh, yeah, that's true. Right. So then they have the they have these like way different games, which are honestly a lot better than American like arcade games, because American arcade games are like you know they're physical, like you you push you put in a coin and you shoot a ball that does something, jumps through some hoops. Right. Like just、something. think about like skee ball basically. Yeah. Like it's all like it's skee ball, and then. Uh, Japanese ones are like they're all like fancy. They got all these crazy screens. They probably cost thousands of dollars to to buy a single machine. Right. Right. And they're all these flashing lights, and they're really intense. It's like it's like playing like a computer game, but you pay per each play. Oh yeah. Right. It's just different. And also, just a random note:、um, the claw games in Japan, top notch. No. Yes. What? Like first off, the prizes、no. prizes are just a lot higher quality. In okay.、General. But like、um, the rates. Are a lot more even. Like, it's not like they're actively working against you. Like, you actually have a chance at winning. That I don't think it's. That's not with all of them. I think all claw games are actively pitted against you. I think the thing is just that in Japan, the claw games are a lot more risk reward. Like the risk、mm. reward is just bumped up to ten, which I don't necessarily like. I think, like when I play a claw game, I think of it as like the cheapo. Like it's like. It's like cheapo entertainment, right? Right, like it's twenty seconds. Like you're not, like I don't, I don't really want to spend five dollars for twenty seconds of action. <laughs> Sounds not so good, but yeah, like, like, like what, what, like claw games, right? Like they would, and in Japan, I feel like the claw games are even more rigged, in a sense.、Mm. In a sense, right? You have these, you'd have these like crazy feats. Like you have a hook, your hook dangles down. And then you have to like pull on a loop in order to get a prize. Yes, of course the prize is bigger, but the money you're putting in is way bigger as well. So the money that you that you think you're losing is a lot less. And these are like these. I feel like a lot of the games are meant to make it so that you you lose time and you lose a lot of money without thinking about it. Well, I mean, I'm probably saying this because I won one of them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You you peaked. So like it felt a lot easier for me、um, than something in the U.S. Yeah, Larry, you peaked, dude.、Um, like I won one of those keyhole machines where like you have to put the key into a hole and then you get a prize out of it.、Um, and in America, those are typically the ones where it's like you either win like something that's worth like a dollar or like a GoPro. Yeah. And then in Japan, everything felt a lot more evenly priced, or like the price division felt a lot more even. So it wasn't like. You're winning something that's worth like a dollar. You're winning something that's worth like ten, maybe, and then like the big prize was worth like thirty-five. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it was still it was still similar <laughs> to that. Like there were there were those machines, you know, where you'd like be able to win those like crazy big prices, the prizes like, like a PS4, or a, that, a Switch, or that something. That wasn't like you can either win like something that's really small, that's、yeah. really easy, or you win something that's really big, that's, that's really hard. Like the payoff would be like like then you're in exchange for for you know. Like the small prizes would be like ten, twenty dollars. Yeah. Right. Your medium prices are like thirty, thirty to fifty dollars. Thirty, fifty probably. And then your big prizes are like one hundred to like two hundred, three hundred, maybe、right. even four hundred dollars. Yeah. Which is that's really good, but also it means like the amount of money you're putting in, 
is way different. That's like true. if can you imagine being in America and you have a you have a you have like a keyhole machine and it's like put in twenty like put in twenty quarters and you're just sitting there and you're just like shoving all your quarters in there. No, I can't imagine that. Like I feel like the arcade system in America would just not work out the same. Yeah. Um. Real disappointing. Yeah. Something else that was really like minor in my opinion, but like also really big, was just public bathrooms. Yeah, I felt yeah. that they were a lot more usable. They were really nice. Like honestly, I went to a, I went to a bathroom in a train station, like in almost the middle of nowhere, really. And then that bathroom was like very usable. Yeah. Whereas here, like even in pretty major areas, it's like the bathrooms are filthy and then like they're falling apart. But again, that's different. I feel like it's a different cultural. Yeah, thing. it's a cultural thing, but like at the same time, it's like. It was such a big difference that like it was almost night and day. It's like it's like culturally it's not okay to just poop in a toilet and then just leave the poop. <laughs> and then but you know it's like like over the course of a day an American toilet goes like someone poops in the toilet, forgets to flush. They just leave. The next person is like, "Ah, shoot. I'm not pooping in that." They just pee all over the toilet seat. <laughs> Right? This is like an American, like, guy's toilet, right? And they're like, oh, shoot, okay, whatever. I just peed all over the toilet. I'm not going to clean that up, right? And it just gets, like, filthy. By the end of the day, no one's going to use that toilet yeah. ever, right? And there's no, there's no like, it's, it's like in society, there's no societal personal responsibility for anything. Right. But in Japan, it feels like there's a really big group responsibility. Everyone's responsible for everything, which is, that's just different. That's true. Do, 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 What else? Um, oh, vending machines, dude. Oh, vending yeah. machines? So much stuff from vending machines. There is some morally questionable things in vending machines. <laughs> there is one uh, near our hotel in Tokyo that we weren't sure what was in it, but it cost, I think, $50. The equivalent of $50 for one play or for one prize. One, I'm thinking of claw machines again. <laughs> <laughs> For the equivalent of like one thing that you could get, so. Fifty. I think that was like maybe that was like cigarettes or something. I don't think like, it was it cigarettes was like... because like the labels were super super ambiguous. Hmm. So like that leads to me to believe it was something sexual, but like I uh, can't tell you for sure. Outside of a hotel, actually. It was all, but like the area actually? area next to our hotel was like a pretty. Urban areas. Dude, I you know it like, may have been. It what? may have been. Um, sounds really weird, but it may have been condoms. Uh, For fifty dollars. Yeah, condom usage in Japan is really low. Like I remember, I had to see this in in Apes class. Like because Japan's birth rate is so low. Like their use of oh, geez, uh, their use of contraceptives. The contraceptive use of like in women who are like of birthing age is like forty percent. Oh wow. Forty percent. Jeez, like that's that's. That's low. Yeah, that is. That's pretty terrifying. But so yeah. then it might have been that, but like at the same time, <laughs> it, it totally could have been something. It could have been something very different. Maybe it was like liquor or something. Maybe, you know? but I mean, just in general, like vending machines played a lot bigger part in society. Yeah. Um, there. I think it's a stat that there's a vending machine like for every maybe 15, 20 people. Oh. Probably, probably a lot less than that. But like, oh. there's a lot of vending machines. There, yeah, um, can confirm. I had to go through a couple <laughs> of them. Yes, and they sell everything from like your standard drinks and snacks to like cigarettes. To yeah. uh, I've seen a banana one before. Banana? It just sells machine? bananas. Yeah, to like food. Yeah, yeah, like like um, when you go to restaurants. Yeah, you go to you restaurants would... and then you 
Buy yeah, it's not it's not like a vending yeah. machine, but like yeah, you go to you go to a machine and you put in an order on a on some like special like you know computer board, board computer board, uh, and then you you print out a ticket and oh, that's yeah. your order, uh-huh. right? That was that was weird. There's just so much. Yeah, I feel like that factors into how like impersonal everything is. Right. There's just a lot of like machines that do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then also uh, with a lot of the vending machines, you were able to use this uh, sort of like electronic money card. Yeah, um, that was different. And then like that sort of system, like you could use it at first stop vending machines next to buy all of your train tickets. Um, buses also. Um, a lot of food. And then, really? I mean, we got ramen using that card. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did. And then also just at the convenience store, you can use it. And I think McDonald's, too. Also at arcades, too? Also at arcades, yeah. Also at arcades. Yeah, dude. So, like, that in general was, like, something that was really big in uh, in Japan. I think it was just the metropolitan area, though. I think it's also in some of the, like, suburban mm-hmm. rural areas. Yeah, that was... Like, obviously not to the same extent, but, like, yeah. I think it still plays a pretty big part. That was different. I think it was, like, it's, like, the Japanese equivalent to, like, a credit card. Basically. Yeah, because I realized, like, a lot of times we would go to places and they would not accept credit cards. Yeah. Like, even though, you know, you, they're modernizing or whatever. Like, there's just, it's just not a cultural thing to use credit cards. And you would just, instead, you would have money, you take your money and you load it onto a card, and then you use your card. Yeah, I mean, the major difference is that, like, you pay up front for the money that you get instead of, like, using it and then paying for it afterwards. I mean, I, I think, like, a lot of, like, if, like, we didn't get the actual Japanese experience. Right. If we were getting the actual Japanese experience, I think there would be a lot of, you know, a lot of at-home living. Yeah. Right? It would be a lot about, like, your home life. But I, think, I don't think we got that. But that's okay. I think we were eating out way too much for it to be, like, true Japanese. <laughs> we should have done, no, we should have we went starving a couple days, yes. <laughs> yes, that's what we should have done. That, I that mean, would be the convenience store food and then just eat in the room. Ugh. That's I think I feel like that's like a that's like a trope that is that's like a trope of like working class Japan. Oh yeah. Like you go like you don't have time to cook, so you like go home at twelve AM and you buy some convenience store food and you just eat that yeah. every day. Ugh. <laughs> Sounds terrible. Um I think we touched on the rush hour subway experience. Um We didn't get soup I never got any super yeah. crowded experiences, dude. I got into one at Where like. Where's my molest? <laughs> I can't say that. I can't say that. We're gonna cut that. We're gonna cut that voice. Okay, no. I got into a subway like around maybe nine a.m., mm. which is like towards the tail end of uh, morning rush hour, mm. and like that train was still really packed. Um, there was no one from the outside like pushing people in, mm. and so it wasn't like quite as sardiny as like some of the pictures sardiny. that people. I've seen maybe, but like at the same time, it was still really packed. Um, I didn't have that much personal space. Like personally, I felt okay. I wasn't like I don't get claustrophobia that much, so like I felt okay. But like once we got off of the train, some of my friends were like, "Yeah, that was really uncomfortable. I didn't like that." Oh no, yeah, yeah. I realized like, oh yeah, that was a big thing. There's this big thing like Japan is not made for tall people. Yeah, Japan is made for Japan-sized people, so which like, is like. So tall in Japan would be like my height. I'm like five foot ten. Yeah, that's like like six foot is like pushing it. Yeah. Like if you get to six foot, you might start not fitting indoors. And or, we had a couple people who were like six two, six three. Yeah, so. so they had to start bending down yeah. in trains and stuff. That was tough for them, right? 
but like okay but more on like the uh the rush hours and stuff it was weird because we walked through the train stations we wouldn't necessarily get on trains during rush hour but like we, we got on one we got on one yeah not that many but like we would like walk through the train stations and there would just be a mass of people like, yeah like we were like parting the red sea dude no but <laughs> it yeah. would be hard to move at times it was weird because it was like it wasn't like a crowd in america because a crowd in america is it's like colorful Right. The crowd in Japan is like everyone's in their work clothes. Yeah, it's black and brown and gray and white. Yeah, and it's just like everyone's wearing the same thing. Yeah, and like it was weird. I mean, everyone looked like everyone looked really professional, so they looked really clean. But everyone was wearing the same thing. That's that true. So weird. Larry out here tempted. Oh, you were tempted to get a um a trench coat. Or oh something, yeah. Dude. So uh, in Japan, uh, trench coats are like actually a pretty big cultural thing or a uh, fashion thing. Um, unlike in America, where it's like Trench coats are associated with like the sketchy drug dealer in the alleyway. Pedophilia. Yeah, in Japan it's like. Washers. <laughs> Yikes, dude. In Japan it's like uh, a lot more people will wear them coming to and from work, mm. especially in the winter months where it's colder. So like something to wear over your work clothes, mm. and like they looked really really nice. So I was pretty tempted to buy one. Um, they were kind of expensive, so I didn't. But honestly, yeah, it was like uh, that was a difference too with like. Um, are they called yeah that was the difference too with face masks oh yeah like yeah. we were in japan and everyone would be like you wore a face mask it was not necessarily like some people wore it as a style some people wore it as like a they have hay fever or something some people like some people would wear it just because they wanted to wear it or they like their hair wasn't clean or something um, like i think i read something that said like people wear it as like means of not getting other people sick not getting sick themselves and then, like, some women wear it because, like, they don't want to put makeup on that day. Oh, understandable. Actually, understandable. Yeah. Wow, I vibe with that. No. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, like, that's, that's like, it's so different. Yeah. Like, and then America, I remember, the like, the first day I came back or something, like, <clears throat> to school, I was like, oh, I feel a little sick or whatever. But, you know, I'll just, I'll just put on the mask and they'll be all right. I'll also look cool. <laughs> and then I, I went and, and the nurse saw me, right? And I was like, I was feeling worse later in the day. So I went to see the nurse, and the nurse sees me, and the first thing she says is like, you're wearing a mask? If you're bad enough to wear a mask, you should just go home. And I was like, whoa. Like, it's like, she she was like real serious. And I'm like, yeah, in America, it's like a mask, like that, that is like, it's a sign of like intense. Right. Like a lot of the things that we, I remember I saw in Japan were like, they were a sign of like, they were, they were not, they were like a, a symbol of mildness, right? Yeah. My face mask. If you're if you're like intensely sick, yeah, sure, you might just stay home instead, right? right? But like a face mask is like you're mildly sick, yeah, or you have mild fever or like a mild symptoms or something, right? And then you know a trench coat is like everyone wears it, right? It's there's no there's no not necessarily a negative connotation, right? And then in America, it's all like these are all like real extremes. Like a trench coat is like you're super shady, you're like a pedophile, oh yeah, or like or like a face mask is like dude, you're, like, gonna die. Like, you have Ebola super, super mega AIDS or something. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, I went to a Super Smash Brothers tournament over last weekend, and uh, and it was at a school, so we were in one of the classrooms, and I wore a face mask because, like, I was kind of sick. Uh, I, I think I still am a little bit sick. Larry. Um, <laughs> but also, like, okay. just because the ventilation's kind of bad, and then, like, in general, like, it's intense, so like people sweat, and then it doesn't smell that good. But so I was wearing a face mask like for all of that, and then 
the supervisor is like, why are you wearing a face mask? Are you sick? Or are you like just trying to look cool? Oh. So like that like was a bit of a culture shock for me coming yeah. back to America. That was, yeah. It was, because it was, like I was so used to wearing a face mask and then like not having anyone comment on it mm. that like having someone immediately comment on it was like, wow, it's a bit weird. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like I would sum it up like, like, I mean, with all the things that are different in Japan, like, if I had to, if I had to, if I got the choice to live in Japan, I wouldn't be bad. I mean, personally, I wouldn't live in Japan because, like, first off, their work culture is terrible. Like, their work hours and then, like, just the way they view work is, like, not good. Mm. Um, Next, we weren't really experiencing what, like, a person working in Japan would get. We were eating out a lot, and then we were, like, going to a lot of touristy places. We weren't, like, going anywhere and then, like, staying there the entire day and then, like, just doing the same mundane tasks. I think, honestly, though, like, a lot of a lot of things I feel like in Japan would, would like, I, I would resonate with. Like, I'm yeah. a big homebody. Like, I don't really want to go anywhere. Oh, yeah. Like, if I go home, I just want to sleep. <laughs> like, I mean, like, a work culture? Like, there are, there are healthier work cultures. Um... But definitely, there's like like there's a lot of international companies. Um, we I had to meet up with my mom's friend at some point, who was this um, this Chinese lady, who spoke Chinese, Japanese, English, and Spanish, and she was kind living of. in Japan, <laughs> kind of right. And she was like she was like living in Japan, working there, and she seemed like she had a good life, except that she had a weeb husband, and I mean I guess she accepted that, so that's okay. I mean, like, I'm not going to say that, like, living in Japan would be bad. Like, if it was just living in Japan, it would be cool. But, like, my, like, one of the reasons that I don't really want to live in Japan is just because of the work culture. So, like, if I can do something that doesn't involve me entering, like, the workforce hmm. and then, like, having to do, having to go through, like, Japanese work culture, then I'm fine with that. But I mean, well, you always could be a neat that's true. Always, Larry, Larry, <laughs> here, I got a proposition for you. Your uncle owns a temple, right? Oh, yeah. When you when you graduate, all right, you just go over to your uncle's temple, and then your job will be, uh, you'll be a, you'll be a temple protector. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm, I'll do that. Tasty. Every day, tr- training, sure, protecting that temple. <laughs> Big boys. Actually, though, like, I, I, I think it was, I think the daily life that you would have in Japan is, I mean, I would sum it up, like, you go to work. You go home, you stay at home, yeah. And then on the weekends, maybe you go out to a park, or you go out and you take Get a bath, drinks. or you go and get drinks with your boss. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Don't say that, Larry. Never mind. You can't ruin my. All right, I had dreams. Yeah, yes, I, I can. You, you can't ruin them like that. Yes, dude. I can. Well, yeah. I mean, it would be okay. It would be okay though. Like, I think just the the lifestyle that I would have there, I feel like is. Honestly, I mean, it's it's like it wouldn't be bad compared to what I have here, hmm. right? Yeah. Like I feel like if I was in Japan, I would basically be living the exact same lifestyle. Right. Oh, and uh, actually, that's all the time we have. Yeah. So uh, thanks for listening. Um, if you liked that, then please listen to more KPLY podcasts. Also, uh, d- d- oh shoot, I was gonna shout out a weeb thing. Uh, watch Fate Stay Night, the second. One. Oh yeah, watch uh, watch my Fate Stay Night Heaven's Field Part Two, the Lost Butterfly podcast. Um, I talk about the movie, um, some of my thoughts, some of my friends' thoughts. Um, you know, great time. Uh, thanks for listening to KPLY.
yeah, um, see you next time. All right, cool.